0: (laughs) Eat More Chips don't let the salad win That's the message uh, In terms of The nature of the food maybe That uh, we consume in Wales Compared to the Italians
1: This is the Eat More Chips podcast Grab your bag of chips Salt, vinegar Perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie A bit of sauce cork on the side And let's go and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast of one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. This week in the UK it's bonfire night where we commemorate the thwarting of a bunch of extremists from blowing up the Houses of Parliament in 1605 by making an effigy of something that looks like Boris Johnson on a good day, setting fire to as many things as we can and sticking a lit banger up a cat's arse. Our two co-hosts, I like a council fireworks display. Anticipation and excitement, but one disappointing bang, and you wonder if it was all worth it. It's Jamie and Daz. Jesus Christ.
0: I just give up with these now. Every week I just give up with them. I No, I don't you've know got to the, encourage
2: him. You've got to encourage him. It's good, you know? It keeps my brain active,
0: apparently. <laughs> Daz,
1: you turned the big five oh this week. How was your birthday?
2: Very good. Still ongoing. Lots of celebrations, uh, meeting lots of uh, family and friends and just, you know, lots of little gatherings rather than one big party. So uh, it's still going.
1: And what did, you, what did you get? What did you get for your birthday? Apart from a hearing aid and probably a, you know, a, a zimmer
2: frame. And a box of Viagra. <laughs> no, 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 pair of, pair, of, pair of slippers, obviously, you know, because you've got oh, to do that. Oh. Um, no, I, uh, I did, but I, I the, the best present, I genuinely, uh, from my uh, immediate family here in the house, um, it was an Eat More Chips jigsaw puzzle, Get which, uh, which was an amazing collection of photographs of uh, of us with the flag, uh, me with the kids at football matches, um, and uh, and I do like a good jigsaw puzzle, so uh, uh, an excellent present. So, how many pieces? Uh, a thousand, yeah. So a good old piece. Yeah. I
0: feel some more merch coming on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> can you get a
0: thousand piece jigsaw
1: puzzle that says only play what's in front of you? Can you get, can you get that?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, Jamie, uh, great wedding for you on Saturday. I certainly enjoyed it. How was it for you? It was
0: great, yeah. It was really good. It was, uh, it was even better just as we were lining up for the uh, group shot, for so being informed by my now brother-in-law that we were one-nil up against North County. So there was uh, plenty of fist bumps. Yeah, I, being I had. felt a
1: little bit guilty there because I was not concentrating on your photographs at all. I was listening to my phone most of the time, trying to listen to Mark Griffiths' commentary at the same time. So I apologize. I have to apologize to your wife about that as well. But to be fair to to be fair to her, she didn't mind. She was like, "Oh, great, great. Oh, good. I'm really pleased." So
0: no, she well, she was buzzing. I mean, it was a for for the for the family it was a it was a great day because obviously we had the wedding Rexham won uh, and obviously South Africa won the World Cup and her family are from South Africa so it was a it was a a a very well celebrated day don't be afraid to cry now even when the world comes crashing in don't forget
1: Well, episode 12 of Welcome to Rexham dropped this week, so as usual, spoiler alert, close your ears for a bit if you don't want to know about this week's episode. Entitled Hand of Foz, it covers the last crazy Easter weekend, where we played Halifax and lost really badly, and then the game at the Kairas versus Notts County. Daz, you're first to play, play catch-up. Uh, did you watch last week's episodes of Gressford and Uncoddy?
2: Oh, I'm fully up to speed. I am. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. Gressford was uh, a very emotional and very charged sort of uh, episode. Uh. I watched it with the family here, and they had no idea about it. In the same way as you enlightened me a few weeks ago about the the particular details. Um. For that episode to be shown so soon after our conversation, it was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was really good. It was really well handled, and the touches you're talking about in terms of. Uh, the recognition of those those uh, fans lost uh, by commemorating them whether it's through some sort of memorial stone or or by the sounds of things this you know sister wheel going into into the, into the cop end just uh, amazing touch so that's, that's really a good
1: nice touch, isn't it? yeah nice yeah
2: touch. definitely and then uh, obviously uh, the amazing results for the for the women's team as well um, as much as yeah I was aware and watched and all of that it was nice to see the uh, um, the detail and certainly the the emotion and the backstage, you know, behind the scenes, so we say, of of that build up to that game, that was that was really exciting to see. So um, no, amazing times for the team and uh, and then just set up nicely then for for what was to come next.
1: So have you seen Hand of Fours? Did you say or? I
2: have seen Hand of Lovely. Foss, okay. yeah. Lovely. Okay. Well,
1: Jamie, this week then we got to relive one of our most <laughs> nerve wracking games in recent history. Did you enjoy living through it all over again?
0: Nope. Not one little bit. <laughs> um, no, I, listen. I think um, <clears throat> I think first and foremost, I think the the, the, the the producers and the people involved in putting it together deserve a massive plaudits because they did a phenomenal job. Um, uh, apart from the uh, the the blatant sixty second Expedia and TikTok adverts, which were terrible, um, but, but with those th- those aside, the the episode was brilliant. I mean. You know, you, I I sat there watching it, knowing very well what's going to happen. But my anxiety levels and and my uh, nerves were just gone watching it back. And they did such a good job of building up that that tension, and and it brought back so many memories from watching it of of, of details around the game that that. I don't know about you, but I kind of forgot. So you know, little things like the how how bad the referee was, particularly in that first
1: half. Oh, the offsides! I forgot. I forgot about that. Completely forgot. Yeah,
0: with the offsides and, um, you know the 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 free kick at the end of the first half that wasn't a free kick, uh, when Rodriguez tripped himself over and then they got the free kick and scored from that. Um, and then as the game went on, you know, little things like, uh, um. Uh, um, the the, the Dolby's miss right towards the end to make it four two. How how good of a chance that was, and uh, yeah, I mean, but it all the bits that we saw and we were there and we lived through to see them all again was great. But it when you add to it all the stuff that we would never have seen before, so the you know the bits with Rob and Ryan, the bits with the fans, the bits with Parky at half time, and then after the game. I mean, I I, I I loved you know what parky said after the game I I loved that because it was very much you listen you know you should be proud of what you've done there you've you know you've turned up and everything else but the job's not done yet and he was you know very much keeping them keeping them grounded um yeah it was re- <clears throat> rewatching it was 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 brilliant um and it, it, the, the whole episode was just a, a, an emotional an emotional spine tingling roller coaster that um like I say, it it, it, it shows you the, the the unbelievable lows that we go on, and as football fans and as a Wrexham fan, uh, but also the unbelievable highs, and uh, you know, and uh, yeah, it was it was brilliant, a brilliant episode.
1: Daz, as a neutral watching that, what what did you uh, make of both the Halifax and the Notts County game?
2: Well, I mean, I was interested to ask you both because our conversation in the household was that uh, a good editor can make any situation look one way or the other and 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 we were fascinated to know about whether or not the 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 fans and the players and obviously the management felt uh that the ref was unfairly giving away all of those you know decisions lots of offsides um was it as dominant a performance was it as uh clear-cut the those in the moment when you were there um, the the fact that he kept giving away, you know, the the offsides, and and everyone is getting riled up, so riled up, that that the edit made it look like the the ref was incompetent or the linesman was incompetent. Was it as bad as that, or is that a really good edit by the by the program?
0: No, he for, for, he, he was for sure because it's difficult isn't it because when you when you watch a game uh whether it's on tv or if you're in the stadium and you see and, and we've talked about it this year with decisions that we've seen and then when we've seen them back it's like oh yeah cause it was right or it was wrong or whatever else but the, the, there were several offsides and, and, and obviously that episode didn't show you all of them um but there were several offside calls in particular and decisions through the game that that I, at the time and it's easy for me to say it now but at the time I would have put money on the fact that he was wrong and they were wrong and then it was proven to be it was just a it was one of those days where the, the officials were just had a really really bad game and it was evident for all to see um, and and God only knows what would have happened if uh, you know if, if, if it wouldn't have been the result that that, that that it was in the end but yeah it on the day, you know that that edit—that's not editing—that's made it look worse than it was. It genuinely was that bad. Right. There,
1: there was a definite feeling of frustration. I mean, obviously, I wasn't—I wasn't in the ground. I was listening at home, but I was listening at home by turning it, turning the radio on, and then turning it off when I got a little bit too anxious and whatever. So I was only catching snippets. But I remember listening to Radio Wales at half time, and they were—they were saying, you know, some of the decisions are questionable, to say the least with regards to you know offside decisions etc and you could see that that this was a major part of parky's plan he knew how high knots played their defensive line and he knew if we could just play off the back of them and go because that's our way we can you know we can get we can get we can get past them because they are so high and the thing is i think you know if it would have worked i think we i think we probably would have been four or five two quite easily but yeah, the officiating was poor. But from 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 the one I, I watched afterwards and the comments that I've heard, um, it was not good.
2: Well, they made it you know it such an entertaining episode on the basis of 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 building that up. Uh, of course, the Halifax game before it had just given it the the ultimate platform, though, wasn't it? After a run, an unbeaten run for so long. Uh, you get off days, we totally understand that, but it just then gave that little bit of uh need you know just enough uh edge to that before, you know to the game beforehand
1: it 's the usual way though, does wrexham you know five thousand fans go up there it 's boiling hot Easter weekend, so everybody 's on the lash they everybody thinks there 's not one person I remember speaking to who who said oh yeah we 're going to lose this." We were so convinced that we were going to win this. And the second half, they absolutely played us off the park. We were totally asleep. And I have to be honest, you know, Foster's, Foster's, uh, goalkeeping was very questionable. You know, I mean, I remember speaking to you, Jamie, about it, Jamie, and you said, yeah, well, there are a couple of those which I thought, you know, you thought were
0: were. He he, he, he even alluded to it himself because when he was doing his little interview in that episode, you know, he he, he said, he said, um, interestingly He said, I would love to know when he recorded the. Um, the little interviews he did for that episode. I'd love to know when he recorded them, whether it was at the time, or whether it's been done and then slotted in more recently, because I found it quite interesting that he that he spoke about uh, that Halifax game and, and questioning questioning himself and his ability and his performance. And can I still do this? And should I be saving that? Because that's kind of what he said when he decided to retire again for the second time earlier in the season. So I, I, I wonder, I'd be really interested to know when he actually filmed that.
1: Well, there's definitely a season three because Mark Griffiths gave it away this week on social media asking for some commentaries that his system had not recorded so there's definitely a season three, so I would imagine if you're going to do it, you probably would do it all in one take his take his commentary from that and t- also then take his why am I res- why and why am I uh retiring again kind of speech that probably would make sense i would think
0: i i, I th- yes, you're right I think it would make sense but yeah it <clears throat> that um that 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 game against Halifax was just a nightmare, wasn't it? I mean, we all expected to go there and put on a, you know, like you say, Easter weekend, huge crowd going. We all expected to go there and and put on a great performance, get a great win. Went one nil up, and we thought happy days, here we go. And then I don't know what happened. I, I honestly don't know what happened, and and I I genuinely couldn't believe we we got battered in that second half, and quite quite deservedly lost that game. Um, but it just ramped all the it ramped everything up then for the Monday then, didn't it? But. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what, what a game, what a result. But yeah, at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant to, to live through, I'll be honest. I'll
1: you know. I'll you know. so Company women travelled to Germany to take on the national side in the first of two Nations League games this week. With everyone back from injury and suspension, Gemma Granger picked a very strong side. Clark in goal, a back four of Roberts, Ladd, Evans and Woodham. Holland, Ingle, Fishlock, James and Green in midfield and Kane up front. Germany showed their class from the beginning, creating a barrage of first half chances. Kayleigh Green produced a superb block on the line to deny Gwynne's header, while Linda then hit the side netting from close range and Lena Oberdorf fired over, with Germany producing half a dozen genuine chances inside the opening 20 minutes. However, on the 25th minute, Cymru's defence finally gave way. The defence wasn't tracking Schuler's run to the centre of the box and she had almost an unopposed head on goal. Germany won. Cymru 0. Germany were in control, although one of the very few chances Cymru had during the game resulted in a goal. 42 minutes and some lovely passing play, starting with Fishlock on the wing, into Ingle in the box, back to Fishlock who continued her run, a 1-2 with James, Fishlock back out to Ingle on the wing. She puts the ball into James who applies a cheeky little side heel to Holland in the six yard area and she slots it into the goal. Germany 1, Cumbria 1. A beautiful piece of play to go into half time level and score Cumbria's first competitive goal in five meetings between the sides. The goal shocked the Germans a little but it didn't take them long after the break to retake the lead. 47 minutes and poor defending meant that Schuller was again open in the box to head home a goal. Germany 2, Cumbria 1. Germany continued to attack and gave Cumbria little respite, eventually having 35 shots on target. Clark, who was undoubtedly Cumbria's player of the game, made some vital saves. Even so, eventually the host scored again on 80 minutes. Ingle was judged to have fouled Hegering for a penalty. Gwynne stepped up and converted it. Germany 3, Cumbria 1. This was a hammer blow for Cymru, who seemed to lose confidence and, more importantly, defensive shape. 85-minute, a Nuskins shot on goal, hit Clark and deflected in for Germany 4, Cymru 1. Granger brought on Esther Morgan for Holland on 86 minutes and Mary McAteer on for Hannah Kane, her first senior international start on 89 minutes. Cymru were fully undone right at the end when Anamoni managed to bundle in a looping, deflected cross at the far post for Germany 5, Cymru 1. Germany were ruthless and efficient. Cymru had moments, but often the defence were absent and couldn't cope with the German attack. Daz, this was a tough one. Back-to-back 5-1 defeats for Cymru in this group. What was your assessment of this game?
2: Well, it was a very... Yeah, it was a tough one. I mean, I thought... For all of Germany's dominance, I thought because we went in one all at half-time, that you you never know in these games. You never know... uh, absolutely called it there that without uh Olivia Clark's uh, goalkeeping um, it would be a very different set of results i mean incredible performance and by far has proven herself to be the the, the Wales number 1 now i Super, think there's yeah. no doubt and and Bristol are very lucky to have her but i think i think uh the 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 hope then at halftime that you think you're still in this game is it, it was shattered very quickly I think if they could have held on for a little bit longer before that that second goal then it, but once that second goal had gone in it it just sort of consolidated a certain type of style by the Germans um, uh, and and I suppose they still went to the 80th minute before a third goal went in and, and and even at that point I thought you never know still get another one back you never know but the penalty for me, I just, I'm not sure what Ingle was trying to do. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, at first I thought, oh, she's, just you know, so the, the 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 player that's gone down has just played for something there and there's nothing nothing to see. And then you watch the replay and, you know, okay, Ingle is quite tall, but her arms are around her neck. She was absolutely sort of, you know, throwing her down. And if somebody of that experience should know better. So, um, you know, the penalty was no, you know, was a no-brainer as far as I was concerned. Um, And although um, uh, Scherler was on for a um, hat-trick, still, she she didn't get to take the... You know, I thought they'd give her the chance to go for the hat-trick. But... Um, what was it? Is it Gwyn I think it was the player yeah, who, took the who took the penalty I mean yeah. I mean I know that she's the usual penalty taker but um, wow that that shot underneath the bar I thought at one point you know it, it was, was an it was...
1: absolute rattler wasn't it I mean yeah and yeah, yeah. there is no no goalkeeper in the world who's going to get no
2: to that. no absolutely and then by that point then you're 3-1 and you, you know you either throw caution to the wind and you leave yourself vulnerable but actually I think this is where, a, where we look tired, you know, there was, they'd, they'd put so much effort to try and stay in the game, stay, you know, at 2-1, try and, because, and, you know, the, the the stats speak for themselves, you know, there's something like 35-odd shots by the German team, you know, compared to four by, by Wales. It, it, they, it was pretty, much uh, a one-sided game for all of that half and, and yet you know we were still in it for 2-1 but once those goals went in it you know it just capitulated i i i, I will accept though that the goal, goals four and five were very unfortunate because you know both were deflected goals um not necessarily going to guarantee they would have saved them or stopped them going in but it does kind of rub a little bit of salt into the wounds um and uh yeah a tough tough result to take when you've just been beaten by denmark by the same result um and and I I thought, like I say, there were glimmers of of what they can do in terms of being potentially difficult to beat, but I didn't really see consistency up front. Every time the through balls were going through, they they weren't sticking, they weren't meeting, you know, they they weren't finding the the player that they were looking for. They were just balls going behind a player, balls going straight at them and the touch was a bit heavy. You know, it it just, it was was a very difficult, uh, it was very difficult to see the Wales team getting anything more meaningful at that stage because it was just didn't seem to be going for them. And then the penalty, then the deflected goals and what have you, it, it was really, really difficult to watch, but, um, that's what happens when you're playing against, you know, a proven side of winners. Um, the team that we all feared for the, you know, to be the, the team to beat or to, to watch out for in the league. Um, and, and, and although Denmark have proved themselves to be even more, um, Uh, with the opponents it's it you can't underestimate the German side and and certainly away and you know yeah those those players you thought it it would be a difficult uh, to get back up from that defeat ready for the next game being so soon and again away from home against Denmark in a few days after that
1: well, Jamie, Jess Fishlock has put on record this week that she has a retirement date in mind. And she's been an incredible player for Cymru, 134 appearances, 36 goals. She will be sorely missed, won't she?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's she's Bale-esque, isn't she? You know, from the point of view of her importance and her significance and her contribution to the national team. Um, I mean, what do you say, 134 caps? I mean, it's i mean that's a phenomenal know, it's a phenomenal return isn't it and and something to be incredibly proud of but you know the contribution that she's made over a sustained period of time to to the to the national team um yeah you, you 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 can't replace it you know overnight can you you know all you can hope for is that there's there's someone waiting in the wings in the in the youth system there somewhere that can uh, you know that 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 has got the potential to to sort of fill those boots in in the not too distant future, but um, unfortunately, it's, it's it's the one certainty of a fo- professional footballer, isn't it? Is that they can't carry on forever, and, and unfortunately, the time comes where they have to you know you have to give it you know get hang up the boots, and uh, you know she obviously rec- recognizes that she's she's approaching that that time in her career rather than. Being at the start of it, Daz, many have
1: criticized this, this group's current defensive form. Now, under Jane Ludlow, uh, Cumbry women were, were very, very renowned for having a very tight defense. But over the last number of matches, they've really let in players in that kind of six yard, eight yard area, completely free to either head or hit the ball, not getting tight to attackers. Is this a major problem? Do you think for Cymru, or is this something that they they, they can deal with? Uh,
2: it definitely a uh, uh, an Achilles' heel. The the crosses. I mean, the number of goals we've seen not only this last few days, but in in the previous ones. You know, particularly to headed goals at the at the far post or on the on the edge of the box, um, the six yard box. Uh, it's it's clearly a weakness. I don't know if it because we don't have the players that you know that that they had before, or is it an out-and-out out tactic shift from Gemma Granger compared to um,
1: Ludlow? I would I would say it's the second, because it, a lot of the players are players that were with Jane Ludlow. I do get the feeling that Gemma Grangers are more of an attacking uh, tactician, rather than necessarily sitting back, soaking it all up, and then trying to hit on the break would you would you agree on that would you say
2: yeah i i think so i i do think so but one of the one of the things i mean i don't know what's we'll say we'll talk a bit more about the denmark game in a moment but the, i think with a different formation we have proven ourselves to be a lot more solid and a lot better you know tighter at the back but i think we've also got certain players that their strengths are pushing forward whether it's you know uh angara james or or um, morgan or you know um Green, Kaylee Green, you know, there's some really good attacking players and obviously all from various, you know, teams and various ages now, of course, there's another, I would say there's another raft of players that if we don't qualify the next tournament, I think that might be it for them as well. So it is, it is a very tricky one to do, but we have got the youngsters with the pace and perhaps not the height. Um, Whereas at the, the, you know, Ingle's obviously quite a tall player, but was left, you know, I did find some really really and it was just some poor defending really they getting drawn to the ball and whether it's not being drilled properly but they you know you think that this is a level of game that they, they would be learning to do this or playing this at, at their at their premier club but the, the women's uh, WSL um uh teams and you just think this is all the basic stuff so i do find it odd so i do think i can't necessarily say it's all granger's fault as such but there's something about whatever the drills they're doing whatever the training is they're doing they aren't as well drilled or well trained in this in the way that we've seen with ludlow there's obviously the emphasis is different um and when you're playing against teams like germany who have just got potency you know in terms of firepower Brilliant finishing, uh, relentless energy, and a bench to, to dream of as well. Um, it, it, it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna come up short, and uh, and we all we are gonna struggle against these kind of teams.
1: Oh, rivalries were renewed this week when Wrexham travelled back to Meadow Lane to take on Notts County in a second versus third clash for the ages. Parkey had to shuffle the pack due to injuries with a conquering goal, George Evans moved to the back three with Tunnicliffe and O'Connor, Mendy and McLean on the wings, Jones and Lee in midfield, this week joined by Andy Cannon, back from suspension, and Dolby starting up front with Mullin. However, Tunnicliffe picked up an injury in the warm-up, so Ben Tozer, who travelled with the squad but wasn't even announced on the bench due to not being fully fit, stepped into the starting 11 to replace Tunnicliffe before the game. The first half was very even, with both sides making runs and having chances. Tozer did a superb job keeping lethal goalscorer Langstaff in check, with Evans and O'Connor nullifying Knott's attacking threat, reducing them to speculative shots at best. Both Notts and Wrexham probed, but nothing either goalkeeper couldn't handle. The first half turned into a game of chess, where both sides were trying to work each other out to unlock the defences. Second half and the tempo stepped up, with both sides knowing that one goal would probably win it. Cut and thrust, both sides pushing for a winner. 70 minutes and Palmer was brought on for Dolby, which became the tipping point. Ollie bothered and scrapped and now tiring knots, until in the 73rd minute, Wrexham made a breakthrough. A Wrexham corner, which was headed out of the box, eventually back to Andy Cannon, who squared the ball to Elliot Lee. He ran the ball unopposed to the centre of the 18-yard box and struck a vicious shot. It managed to hit Tozer, who was lying on the floor, who'd been brought down by a Knotts player, and deflect high and looping over the head of a helpless Slocum and into the net. Knotts County nil, Wrexham 1. The Wrexham crowd went wild, and rightly so. Knotts almost hit back straight away, with some lax defending by Wrexham, gifting the ball to McGoldrick, who forced a stunning stay from McQuonquo to maintain the lead. If that was good, what happened two minutes later, however, was superb. A long, booming kick from Conquo travelled three quarters of the pitch and bounced through the Knotts defence straight to Mullin. He directed the ball to Palmer in the box, who nutmegged the knotts defender and put it low to the right of Slocum. Not County nil, Wrexham 2. This seemed to knock the stuffing out of Knott's and the final part of the game, but Wrexham didn't look threatened, with Knott's resorting to soft shots from distance. Young came on for Cannon, who had a superb game on 87 minutes, and Fletcher came on for Mullen on 92 minutes. Wrexham stood fast and came away with a very professional win versus one of our fiercest rivals. Wrexham ended the day still in third in League Two, but equal points with Knott's in second place. Jamie, this win was sweet. I know you didn't watch it live because we were having photographs taken when the first maximum goal went in, but what have you made of the game in retrospect? Well, well,
0: well. <laughs> uh, who? I mean, oh, I don't think there were many people that. Uh, 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 sorry. Sorry. Uh, most, mo- most people. I kept the faith. I kept the faith. I
1: knew Wrexham would do this. I just knew it in my bones that with all the stuff that's been going on, I knew Wrexham would turn up and put on a show and that's exactly what they did. Most most
0: most people to be fair, most people um you know I think most people that I spoke to or I I read read people's uh you know kind of opinions and things before the game. Um you know the the, the general consensus seemed to be you know a, a draw most people were thinking a draw would be a good result. um I, I, and you know what what transpired was just uh, unbelievable wasn't it? I think uh, I think you know I think we, we, I think we've got to be fair, you know we've got to be fair I think what you've got to call out from the off is the old you know the old adage, adage that we say about in parky we trust. I mean, you know we I and several other you know we, we've been critical at times uh particularly recently with with the the sort of um is, is, is sort of lack of uh, you know lack of change in his, his 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 formation and his style and everything else but i think you have to uh sometimes you know w- you also have to be be sort of big enough to hold your hands up and say he, he, you know he, when he's right because he, he was you know his tactics on Saturday were absolutely spot-on I mean I, I won't lie when I saw when I saw the starting lineup I thought wow what's going on here I mean um, you know you you were sort of telling me and passing as I was running around doing all sorts of different things but the fact that uh, Tony Cliff, um was supposed to play you um, and got injured in the warm up so from what I believe it was going to be Tunnicliffe in the middle with George Evans and o'Connor um and then you, you know Tucliffe to get injured and Tozer to come in who wasn't even on the bench was he so I don't even think he had a proper warm up uh, it was a case of you know I, th- I think from from listening to Parky's interview after the game, it was a case of he spoke to Tozer and said how you know how are you, how are you feeling what do you think and he he said you know i I, I can do it and again Fair, fair and credit where credit's due you know again he's, he's faced some criticism from, from, from me as well as others in recent weeks but you know hats off to, to Toes who came in and it was, it was fantastic but you know you, you also then look at you had Mendy Mendy in again on that right hand side you had Cannon coming back in who, who not only has he been out through suspension but you know he's not really played particularly well this season he's come under again come under fire uh, came in and played fantastically and then up front you know, um, uh, Dolby's another one that's come in for some criticism from again from me and from others. And, and whilst I slightly disagree with some of the opinion that I've heard about Dolby being amazing on Saturday, I think he did all right. Um, but he, he certainly played his part. Um, but yeah, when I saw that starting lineup, I I, I was I was I feared the worst. I, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest because you've got you've got two midfielders playing in your in your back three that. You know, it, it shouldn't happen. So it shouldn't happen. But as the as I watched the game, and as the game un, unfolded quite early on in the first half, you could you could see why Parky had picked the team he picked, and why he'd gone with O'Connor and with Evans instead of, say, Boyle and Cleworth or whoever it was. He picked he picked the the more mobile. Uh, midfielders to play who can play in that central defense to play in central defense to basically uh, to close down and to press and to nullify the threat of Crowley and McGoldrick to basically cut off the supply for Langstaff. and, and you could see you could see as soon as, as soon as the ball was in it was in it was anywhere near our, 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 our last third as soon as either of those players got on the, anywhere near the ball, out came O'Connor to close it down Crowley. Out came Evans to cl- to close down McGoldrick, and then it dropped to a back four to cover the space being left by whoever was going out and to to nullify and to nullify that threat, like we did at home last year against Langstaff. You know, most prolific, prolific most prolific scorer in the in the national league last year. He's, he's you know he's had a great start to this season, and in both games, you wouldn't have even known he was playing. You know, he had he had one one good chance on Saturday and that was it and and the rest of it was we we, we nullified it. But yeah, that it was it was it was genius. <clears throat> and then I think as 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 the game played out, um it it was a very it was a very kind of Coventry esque kind of feel to it in the sense of it was a very disjointed team. Nobody would have predicted that lineup. You know, you had players coming into the team who'd been out of the team for a while. You had players in the team that were playing out of position. You had players you know you were missing players that you were considered to be really key players but everybody kind of elevated their game raised the game driven on by the the, the 12th man again I mean I, I keep saying it every time we we comment you know we, we 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 review a Wrexham away game I keep saying the same thing about how good the crowd was they were you could only hear them on the recording you
1: know the the the, the Notts County fans were silent
0: well, there was supposed to be was it like 14, fifteen thousand North County fans, and I, I don't think I heard them at any point throughout the game. Um, you know, the Wrexham fans were just phenomenal, and and that must be such a that must be such a big plus for you know Wrexham playing away. Um, but yeah, driven driven on by the fans, and and like I say, every every player um, you know elevated their game and. Whilst it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a, uh, um, you know, it wasn't an end-to-end, uh, you know, Harlem Grove, Trotters esque uh, display, you know, it, it, it was a very good game of football to watch. I think, um, you know, but both teams pretty much played the same sort of style as as what they played last year. Um, I didn't think North County's line was as high as it was last year. I think they, they they dropped it back a little bit, but you could see what they were, you know, that their, their their obvious. Um, uh, threat threat was was Jody Jones and again I hats off to Mendy you know another one who's come under criticism in recent weeks and, and this season I thought overall he 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 did really really well at, you know again out of position he did did well to nullify that threat from from Jones I mean he is a very dangerous player he's a lot he's a lot quicker than I remember him last season to be fair but um you know he he was definitely he was definitely their threat but you know, there there were there were good chances in that first half from both. Uh, you know, for both teams. You know, although there wasn't lots of chances, there were good chances from both. I mean, the ones in particular, I think, was towards the the end of the first half. Um, uh, Slocum made a, a cracking save from from an Elliot Lee effort, um, and then there was a big chance for for Jody Jones. Um, you know, it, it was after some lovely build-up play. And to be fair, you you have to again trying to be fair and trying to be. Um, you know, trying trying to be give a balanced view and everything else, they are they are a very good footballing team. Not to care. they're a very good, they're, they're a lovely team to watch. You know, they're very good football inside, and 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 you know to 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 go and compete with them and to go and beat them in particular um, was was even more satisfying. And then the the only other sort of um, the only other sort of thing I made a note of on the first, from the first half, which I wanted to 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 ask you was the, was uh, uh, Mullin the Mullin incident. Um, with Jody Jones. So, did, have you seen that? Did you see yes. it back?
1: Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah,
0: yeah. What, what What are your thoughts?
1: I think the problem is with anything where Mullin is concerned. Uh, rival fans will always, uh, you know, go crazy and say, "Oh yeah, here he is, cheating, diving, blah blah blah." I think it was six of one and a half dozen the other. I think it was. I don't think either of them were completely to blame. To be honest,
0: what did, what did you think? when i first, when i saw it in real time obviously the benefit of the benefit of watching the game uh back rather than live is you can pause it and rewind it and replay stuff so when i when i watched it in real time my my immediate thought was if i would have been in the ground and and i I've, I've heard a few people say that were at the ground and watching it live they feared the worst when when that happened my first thought was ooh that looked a bit iffy and uh, i watched it back and i watched it back i must have watched it back about 10 times and at, uh, after a couple of times back i thought maybe jody jung had, had um, i, want to, I don't, don't want to use the word stamp but had trodden on mulling or done something but when you watch it there is a a uh, how can you put it almost like a petulant moment from mulling where he has a bit of a kick out and the more I watched it, the more I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, he, I think he, he was quite lucky to get away with that. I'm not saying I'm not saying it necessarily was a red card, but it, it was one of those that in, in real time, one look at it that a referee would have got for it, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd have got a red card for it, to be honest with you. Although what I also did notice from, again, the benefit of being able to watch it back was, if you watch Jody Jones on the floor... He is very, very, very cleverly trying to get Mullen in trouble because if you watch him, he's 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 feigning injury basically because he he's got his head in his in his arm as if he's in pain. But if you watch him, he's he keeps constantly looking up towards the referee, so he, he he's playing on it hundred percent, which is not you know it's not unusual. A lot of players do that, don't they? But the more I watched it, the more I thought he was quite lucky. To be honest, I thought he was quite lucky to to kind of get away with it. But lucky at the end of the day, he stayed on the pitch, and I suppose from our point of view, that's the only thing that matters. Um, And then, yeah, second half. um, I thought, you know, I thought Nott probably came out and looked a little bit more threatening in 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 the first uh, ten minutes of our second half, Um, and it was a bit more. It became a bit more of a basketball game in the second half. It was a bit more end to end. Um, But again, it it was it was. it was quite an even game overall, from from the point of view of of uh, chances. I know possession wise, we conceded more more possession, but that that that's the norm of what you know m- most of our games is is that that's, that's our game. Um, but again, you know, we another good save from from um, Slocum, um, uh, but in a, you know about sixty minutes in, from again from another from a Lee shot, um, sorry, from a, a Dolby shot, point blank shot. Um, but he he's an a, he's a funny player as well, isn't he? That slow come you watch him play the way he he, he wants to play like um, what's your man at Liverpool's goal? What's his good goalkeeper? Al- Alisson. Alisson. He, he wants to play like him, or he thinks he he thinks he can play like him. Where these modern day top level goalkeepers basically are sweeper keepers, aren't they? And they they, they can play as they're as good with their feet as they are at stopping shots. But his he was trying to play like that, but his his distribution was. Terrible, and he he kept constantly inviting the the press right to the last minute point of where I thought he's going to get caught out. You know, one of these is going to get caught out, but very strange, very strange style of goalkeeping at this level. Um, whether he's told to do that or whether that's just his game or not, I don't know. Um, and then obviously we then get the sort you know, the usual sort of 65, 70 seventy-minute substitutions, um, and Palmer came on for for, for, for Dolby, um, you know, and and it's good to be fair that, that I, I you know my thoughts from, from watching it was I, I was pleased we were still actively pushing to try and go and win that game, you know, at seventy minutes when you're at nil-nil, there's I, I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, have criticised if we'd have tried to sort of shut up shop and, and try and get away with the point but we were actively um you know we, we, we were actively trying to, to 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 push for for the goal and and, and not long after Palmer came on uh, you know the goal came and and, and and as you say um it was a it was a wicked deflection um I'm gonna guess Lee's claimed it uh I, again I had to watch it a couple of times and just to, to say but I think it came off tosa um, at first, I thought it was a it was a deflection off the defender, but I think from watching it a couple of times, I think it was off Tozer. So uh, I'm sure they've had a I'm sure they've had some some good banter <laughs> about that. But but the, the 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 you know the the goal itself was you know there's, there's nothing better than seeing a ball struck from outside the box and powering straight into the goal. But you know the actual finish itself was a deflected finish, scrappy finish. But the 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 build up to the goal was what made it great which is which it shone a spotlight on how good of a player we've got in Elliot Lee you know he, he he's he's there he's always in that number 10 position he's always buzzing around he's always looking for the ball he's always you know constantly on the shoulder he's ready to turn he wants to take the ball and he's and he and he, and he gets that little cut inside and he's you know and he pushes and he pushes and he pushes until he can get can he can get the shot off at the end of the day if you don't you, know, you don't shoot you don't score and and he's probably one of the only ones in the team that that does kind of um kind of deploy that that sort of mentality of sh- you've got to shoot to score because there's a lot of the other players that seem to want to just walk it in um but yeah it was uh, you know i i think you you'd i think you'd have a fair a fair shout of saying that we i think we deserved to, to go ahead um but yeah, we you know won the lot. Like you say, the crowd went went berserk, and and it was uh, it was it must have been phenomenal noise. But then straight from the restart, then um, Tozer had a bit of a bit of a wobble, made a poor clearance, and forced a you know an absolute worthy of a save from from you know the uh, the goalkeeper that uh, that I for one am. Slowly falling in love with, and uh, and, and they say, don't you, you should never fall in love with a lone player. No, I know.
1: And he, and he, I mean, today it's been confirmed he's the most expensive valued player in this league. He's like one point four million, and it's like, yeah. oh no.
0: I this this is why I was so convinced when we signed him. This is why I was so convinced on here. That I that don't say this going, very
1: often, Jamie, but you are absolutely right. You are yeah, absolutely
0: just, right. Uh, but. The, the, the we've just got to enjoy him haven't we while we've got him because the, the reality is is that, that even if we get promoted I, I, if he carries on for the rest of the season like he started it's highly unlikely that we'll be able to keep him because there's going to surely be a championship club that, that'll be sniffing after him but anyway that's that we'll worry about that in the summer but yeah what, what a save um, and I think just while I'm talking about a conqueror, you know I kind of skip ahead to, to to a little note I made about him generally I mean he, he had a brilliant game you know he, that that was the, the that was the uh, pinnacle of a few good, really good saves he made um but I think that was that was definitely his most complete performance that he's played for us so far he dominated his area both in the air and on the floor his distribution was really good he made some good saves um, and he's also, you know, that what, we, what, what I think I've said a couple of times that the one thing I'd like to see him more is a bit more vocal and a bit more, you know, sh- you know, g- even shouting, if you want, for want of a better word, at his defenders and he, he's starting to do that. So, yeah, phenomenal performance um, and, and it proved to be a really crucial save because then literally a couple of minutes later, like you say, um, you know the, that that second goal really highlighted what what was what was an underlying uh theme throughout the whole game which was not not county's vulnerability at the back um i don't remember them being looking shaky at the back last year but that's been the thing that, I, that that's been their cr- kryptonite this year hasn't it is they've been again great going forward but they've been dodgy coming at the back which kind of a little bit like we we were really but um yeah, uh, yeah, that second goal really highlighted their defensive vulnerability. It was just a simple ball over the top. All it was was Palmer making a nuisance of himself. You know, he didn't foul the defender, but it, it ran free to to Mullen. and you know, there's not very often that that, that Mullin, you know, if he's got a sniff and goal, he's usually he's usually pulling the trigger. But um, you, you know, great awareness to, to to play in his his striking partner. Um, and to be fair to Palmer, it wasn't a particularly pretty finish, but. Um, you know, he 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 put it in, and that that's the most important thing. And then you know, off he ran towards the uh, you know the 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 jubilation of the the, the fans again. And then, like you say, that Notts County had nothing after that, and we you know professionally saw the game out um, to 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 cap off what what was a a phenomenal uh, phenomenal win away from home against. Um, arguably the best football inside that I've watched probably this year, um, and and a side that is going to be right up there at the end of the season. I've 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 no doubt. So uh, yeah, great three points, great win. Daz, incredible that all the
1: disruption at the beginning with Tunnicliffe being injured, still meant that Wrexham managed to keep a clean sheet. Mentally for Wrexham, how important do you think was this win?
2: It's got to be pretty solid, isn't it? In terms of solidifying your your confidence, solidifying your aspirations. We, we've we talked the last couple of weeks about potentially not performing to the best that you believe the team can perform at. And yet, here we are talking about them being third place in the league on level points with the second place. So with only a handful, you know, one or two teams that can potentially leapfrog them or catch them with their games in hand, it's such a strong position to be in. Um, and yet, you know, yeah, this has got to give them that extra belief that they deserve to be where they are. Uh, I, I was fascinated listening to it, really, because I did I did watch um, a YouTube clip of the highlights and stuff. And for the first part, I just thought Notts County looked like they were doing quite well. They looked like they had a good number of shots, but they they seemed to be shooting wide. And a, bit, and, and, and a lot of those were from outside the box, which kind of suggests that that sort of reinforces your point about the solidi- solidity of the defense as well if you're keeping your opponents to long-range efforts then 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 clearly it's it's tight at the back and and it's well organized i i think the introduction of Toza, that story of of him coming on not even being on the in the squad let alone on the bench just makes me think he probably did need that rest it does feel like he's kind of you know he Uh, looked looked like he he managed to sort of recharge and and step up when he was needed to
0: but he's had a knee injury apparently because I know obviously we we, you know we we on here and, and several others were sort of speculating when he when he came out of the team, that he was maybe being given a rest or, or taken away from the spotlight for a bit. But it's it, it's been sort of suggested. I think it's even come from Parker himself that he, he he's been nursing a knee injury, which is why he's not being involved.
2: Well, it makes it, it's fascinating then that he can step up to that level with with how, having probably the intensity of training that that, that the others would have had. Uh, and it just you know, it shows the qualities. You know, we're all big fans of Toza and 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 what he brings to the team more than just his long throws. There's leadership. There's a voice. There's is you know, a huge presence and uh and, and and I think when you've got a character like that coming in and it would have given the team some sort of bizarre sort of psychological boost, just thinking that here he comes, you know, to save the day and just putting in a performance by the looks of things. It, 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 it would have elevated the team. It would have lifted the team into real positive spirit. And, and there, the, in thinking that they can do this, even at, at away at not, this is a game that they can, they can win. Now, of course, you do have to take your luck when you get it. that goal from Eddie Lee <laughs> you know <laughs> that you know i i i Simon, I was interested by your description at the beginning where you said that you were looking forward to a team turning up. I mean, I know they did turn up, but I do think that, that it wasn't all Wrexham's way though in 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 terms of the dominance, though was it?
1: No, I mean, that's why I said it was like a game of chess. It was. There was much more move and counter move. There was much more probe here, probe there, push pull. It wasn't a kind of a, a constant barrage, if you like. It was much more it was much more analytical. I felt anyway when I watched it back. I mean, I don't know whether that's how you how you looked at it.
2: No, well, I I just wonder. I think I think I I suppose my 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 initial observation from the highlights was that McGoldrick had a load of efforts. I think Longstaff had a header straight at the goalkeeper. You know, the, if if those efforts from players who normally do better, test could have been pushed into the corners, tested the goalkeeper a bit more. I wonder if it would have been a tighter game with whether or not a goal from Notts County would have unnerved Wrexham at all. But because uh, Notts County just didn't seem to be on, you know. No, they didn't have their shooting boots on. For a better quote, um, it it did give you, I think, the 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 space to you know to expand into. To become the more dominant team by the end, and I was just it 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 was just it was interesting just seeing um, from the highlights reel, and I'm curious as to how much was edited out, but I watched a fair bit. Um, But yeah, it it was it was just fascinating, and because the two teams in question as well, with the recent history, with their positions in the table, um, and with their two prolific strikers taking you know taking all the plaudits, it was always going to be an interesting one for the press as well.
1: Wrexham AFC Women were at home on Sunday to take on the New Saints. Steve Dale followed Phil Parkinson in mixing his selection up a bit. Del Morgan in goal, Davis, Allen and Doran were joined at the back by Rebecca Pritchard, who normally plays right wing. Dickens, Lily Jones and Gibbard in midfield, Cara Jones on the right, Hughes in the centre and the return of Amber Lightfoot on the left. The New Saints started strongly and both sides battled to find the opening goal. Ridge for TNS and Lily Jones for Wrexham both having chances in the first 20 minutes. On 22 minutes, it was Wrexham that broke the deadlock. Lightfoot on the edge of the box created space for a through ball into Jones, who made no mistake from close range on her left foot. Wrexham won, TNS nil. TNS tried to get back into the game straight away, but Morgan in goal dealt with the resulting shots well. Wrexham continued to press with Cara Jones and Lightfoot worrying the defence. Lightfoot striking on the half volley to force Hayden Jones into action yet again. Wrexham went into the break in the lead. Second half, Wrexham were pushing hard to extend their lead. On 53 minutes, it was leading goal scorer Rosie Hughes that would pull off a moment of brilliance. She received the ball on the bounce from 30 yards out and produced a truly impressive volley from range, which looped over Hayden Jones into the goal. Wrexham 2, TNS 0. A very fitting goal for a 100th goal in a Wrexham shirt, putting her equal ninth in Wrexham's all-time goal scorers list alongside Wrexham great Albert Kinsey. Katie Sharp had to come on to replace Karen Allen on 63 minutes after she suffered an injury. Karen was magnificent again, running the defence and putting in the yards. Wrexham turned the screw and on 70 minutes were rewarded with a third goal. TNS gave the ball away under pressure to Murray Gibbard from 30 yards out. The Wrexham midfielder then produced a fine through ball to release Jones, who struck an emphatic right-footed shot past Hayden Jones. Wrexham three, TNS nil. Mackenzie came on for Gibbard on 77 minutes, and TNS managed a consolation goal on 87 minutes. A free kick from the right by Evans, 30 yards out, floated into the box and into the top corner of the goal over Morgan's head. Wrexham three, TNS one. A free kick very similar to TJ Dickens' goal versus Connors Key last season. Lily Whitefoot came on for Cara Jones and Natasha Spearing came on for Amber Lightfoot on 89 minutes, but Wrexham were comfortable and saw out the win to a noisy rock stadium. Wrexham AFC women finished the day third in the Gennaro Adran Premier, equal on points with Swansea City and three points off the top. Jamie, great win against an established side like TNS. What did you make of this game?
0: Not a clue. I haven't seen it. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Listen, you when I don't know when you think I've had the time to watch it. To be honest with you, could have
1: watched it back. Oh, you can't
0: actually. You can't get highlights. You uh, you can't. I mean, this 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 is the problem, and I think this is probably one thing that's uh, that's worth worth sort of mentioning is the fact that obviously the the club have listened now, haven't they? And the games are streamed live, you know, live uh, on iFollow, which is which is great. But, but it there's no you know whereas with the, the men's team you get you, you get the uh, brief highlights you get the extended highlights and then you get the full game replay which is what you know when I've not been able to get to games whether they're home or away that's what I've then ended up watching is the full the full replay so that there isn't anything for this and it, it you know it's very difficult to also find footage uh, on, on you know even on like social media and stuff I managed to see uh, Rosie Hughes because obviously with that being a um, uh, 100th goal um it, there was a little bit of uh, kind of coverage around that so i've i've seen that goal and i mean what you know we're running out of things to say um i mean I, I, what's that now 100 goals in something like 46 games
1: something like that yeah something crazy like that certainly it's
0: crazy i mean absolutely crazy uh, you know st- st- statistic at any level um, and and I I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you actually, but to ask you both as kind of well the Welsh um, um, kind of experts on on TIS pod, um because it's a little bit of there's a little bit of an echo of, of the Mullin situation with the, with the men's side. But uh, a is there is there any reason why Rosie Hughes couldn't be picked for the Welsh national team? I.e. because of where she's playing her club football, etc. etc. And then B. Do you think she should be getting a consideration?
2: I think you've got that exact same argument you've got going for Mullen in the same way as you've got for Hughes. It's it's all very well saying you're scoring lots of goals and they are good goals and she's consistent and and to quote you, she's beating the teams that are in front of her. I think the argument. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. That's okay. uh, that's on, that's under copyright. That is you can't... absolutely. I hence the
2: credit. Hence the credit. I always put a footnote in. Uh, but but you've got to appreciate the level of the teams that she's playing against, and there's there's always going to be question marks about whether or not against a quality side, against an international side, whatever um, level you're playing at could she do the same thing in the way that can Malin potentially do the same thing for Wales uh, considering he's playing, to, you know, three divisions below what everybody else is playing. So I, I, I would argue it's, it's a, it's, it's very much in the same, in the same argument, but I, my answer would still be the same unless you're playing day in, day out at the highest level. I, I would find, I would imagine, I would absolutely believe that, that, that not that she would get found out but she would just find it tougher but she's the kind of you know competitor that kind of athlete who would strive and thrive to try and improve which is why i asked you a few weeks ago whether or not you know would she ever be touted and seen to be moving on because i appreciate her home connection her loyalties to wrexham are strong but if the right club came along and called on her services there would be temptation and if she was playing consistently in a different league at a higher level then then i think she could be considered but not without the proof or
0: evidence at, at in, in in a higher division is is there, is there not an argument I, I, what what you're saying and and it, and it very much applies to the whole Mullen thing like, like we talked about a few weeks ago um and i, and I totally get where you're coming from and it's, and it, and it's very valid is there not a is there not a uh, is there not a question though for both for both uh, players to say what have you got to lose by giving them a chance I, is there is there maybe more of a more of an issue of well if you give these a chance just because they're high profile or whatever you reason you want to be are you then potentially going to uh, pee other people off who who think they deserve a place in the squad or whatever but or, or is there that they have they they've you, you, you're right with what you say. There's maybe a question over the opposition that they're playing against and the the results that that they're that they're producing. Um, will they do it against better opposition? But what have you got to lose by giving them a chance?
1: You've got to remember, though, Jamie. There are players who have come through the system who have literally worked their way up through the age groups, and, and that would be a bit of a slap in the face for then somebody to come in waltz in, who doesn't play in in you know the the EFL in England, who plays for the General Adron uh, Premier and as daz said it is a certain level and you know, let me put it this way could you see rosie Hughes in the game against germany i think she would get found out massively i don't think she would be able to cope with the, with the level of defence that germany would offer
0: are are there are there many, are there many players in the adran premier now that that feature in the welsh national squad at no. the inside? no None. no 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 okay well, that's quite telling isn't it yeah, interesting. Okay.
2: No, I think I, it's 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 a completely different level, and I think you know the, the 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 players. I think the players that are playing consistently at MLS or you know, um, uh, in the sense that you've got Jess Fishlock and stuff, and and uh, the Women's Premier uh, is it's 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 just so much higher, and I and I think the it's more telling that you get the odd one or two player who might have played at a welsh level and will only have one or two cups perhaps who have then joined an a, a adran janeiro uh, team in the twilight years after they've perhaps you know played at the higher level and it's and and i think the comparison would be that those players are a bit like um or, uh, david edwards or cottrell or whatever those players who then joined the welsh premier and went to play for either you know, uh, Bala or Barry or whatever. Um, But they were doing this when they were like, you know, 38, 40. Um, They looked, and they looked leagues ahead of some of those players as well. Um, So I, I would say that just by that definition of watching them step into a team and they are then genuinely the best player on the park and yet they are in their forties or pushing 40 with carrying the injuries and still looking as good as they did when they were playing premiership or championship. And there are not very many players in the premier League who can match them even at that stage of their career. I think that just shows the gap really just shows the gap hugely.
1: Well, Daz Wrexham have now opened up a five-point gap uh, on Aberystwyth in fourth. I mean, how important is that uh, at this point in the season?
2: Well, I, there is. It does appear to be the the three that we imagined would uh, be ahead at this stage are now beginning to pull away a little bit, um, and 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 I don't think there's any surprise there. I I think the the early the early hopes that I had for Aberystwyth of being drawn back into the folds of the Cardiff Mets and your TNSs. So I think it's going to be very definitely going to be a, a, a tighter race for that fourth spot, but those three are going to run away with it. And as, as, as was predicted. And I think that's, that's no surprise. There's, there's you know the investment, the, the, the types of contracts they're all on. Um, and I think for those three teams to be, uh, they're, 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 it's going to be between them simple as that so they i don't think they need to worry about teams that coming behind them in fourth uh naturally they've got to keep winning they've got to keep playing all the teams and putting out the best effort and it, it appears that teams like your wrexms are always putting out strong teams they're not even against your barrys or what have you where the, there could be an argument to say rest a for you players they're not they're taking it serious every time um even the cup game where they won you know handsomely um so it, it looks a positive outlook from Rex's point of view that they're, they're, they're taking every game seriously. Um, but I do think that they've got very little to worry about from the, the teams below. They are clearly finding their feet. They are matching the Swansea's and Cardiff. Uh, and, and it's going to be an interesting three-horse race, I think.
1: Well, Cymru went north to Viborg for their second Nations League fixture of the week to take on Denmark. Gemma Granger had to switch to a back five due to injuries, with Fionn Morgan and Carrie Jones replacing Hannah Kane and Kerry Holland. The change in formation certainly added some solidarity to Cymru, but it was Denmark who looked more threatening in the opening exchanges. Denmark seems a little bit out of sorts at times and couldn't really convert chances they'd usually mop up. Cymru managed to keep Denmark out for 28 minutes. However, they were once again undone by a cross and a header. Their weakness in this campaign with Vangsgaard given far too much space to loop a header past the reach of Clark, Denmark 1, Cymru 0. Cymru were unable to get a foothold in the game with the hosts in almost constant possession and gave away another goal on 38 minutes when Angharad James was dispossessed by Gelch who teed up Birdgaard to curl the ball home from the edge of the penalty box. Denmark 2, Cymru 0. Cymru didn't have a decent shot until the 43rd minute and it seemed another case of damage limitation leading up to the break. Cymru, however, played much better in the second half, at times really taking the game to Denmark and putting them under pressure for a change. Denmark continued to dominate, but Cymru were more organised and concentrated, even when there was a questionable handball decision against Roberts not given. 66 minutes and Kayleigh Green came on for Carry Jones and on 72 minutes, against the run of play, a Danish defensive error led to Ingel slipping a pass to find Fishlock, who made no mistake with the shot. Denmark 2, Cumbria 1. Granger then brought on Powell for Woodham and Hughes for Morgan to add some more attack, trying to find the equaliser, also switching to a flat back four. Unlike the two previous games, where Cumbria had looked shaky in the last 10 minutes, this time they really took the game to Denmark pressing high and putting the defence under real pressure. 88 minutes at Escort came on for Josie Green, but Cumbria couldn't find the equaliser and the game finished 2-1. Cumbria are now firmly at the bottom of Group A3 on no points and hold on to slim hopes of not being relegated if they can beat Iceland and get a good result against Germany next month. Daz, disappointing result, but a much better performance. How did you see this game?
2: Oh, much, absolutely much better performance. I was watching this thinking the first half, uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, Denmark are not really giving Wales the chance to be on the ball for particularly long periods of time. But what I didn't see was Denmark getting through the Welsh defence, particularly that often. You know, the the back five, uh, I know it was maybe hand was forced a little bit with player changes, um, which perhaps required that formation it suited that formation a bit better but there is there was something about playing tighter across the back the way that any attack that was coming through the middle of the park one of the back uh, the central three would step up and you know and, and high press that um, that attack always leaving four behind it just gave us that reassurance now of course playing five of the back in a very defensive way like that means um, you probably are missing the bodies then across the pitch when you're trying to push forward when you've got those breaks um and and for the first half i thought yeah some of those passes were wayward there were a couple of moments some really nice touches but it didn't lead to anything um but but at least we were still in this game for sure you know um but when we when we got that um when we got our goal i mean it was that last what was it 25 minutes was just some of the best I've seen the Welsh team play. It was it was a change. Well, I, the, I, I appreciate there were some changes just before then, and I do think Katie Green coming on was was a huge difference. That pace that she offers, um, threat, you know, and hence why the, the the defender made a mistake. You know, the ball came at her. It was a heavy touch, and before she knew it, she was pounced on by Katie Green, and and it and it and it went to Ingle, and Ingle played a very very savvy sort of like slide pass um through to Fishlock so i just thought that was whereas perhaps earlier in the game there's a moment um where others should have been taking shots. The right option was to give it out a little bit of width and give it to Fishlock who's, you know, we know what she can do from, from that distance. But it was just the relentless nature. Then they, they were really properly on top of Denmark. Um, and Denmark looked worried. They, they, they were panicked. There was constant pressure. Um, admittedly again, they were, you know, we, we, we were being outdone in the air so that there was crosses coming in, but we weren't really getting our first head to these balls. Because, well, I, again, I don't know if it's the same in defense. But when we're in attack, we just haven't got the aerial prowess that we need. So, the, the tactics of playing it through you know through the middle um, some really slick passes but it was just the constant pressure and even if there were long balls going in if there were crosses going in it was just you know giving the Denmark no time to rest and breathe and and sort of regroup and right at the very end there was you know you could see the relief in Denmark's um, reaction when after a passage of play where it was just Wales 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 and a there was a couple of shots on goal the, 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 or, a, or a player or two that perhaps should have taken the shot, tried to pass it again, tried to pass it again, give some width. I think Ingle had a really good opportunity where anybody else, perhaps not a defender, would have just given that a go, um, but given it a wallop, but went for the extra pass and and perhaps it was one touch, touch too many. But when the keeper smothered the ball at that point, right at the very end of the game, you could see that they thought, we got away with that. We got away with that. And so I just think that, that, that has I'd, after the, the the disappointment of five ones five one you've, you you can't imagine what that 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 makes you feel like as a player at at that level of the game where you want to be competing you want to be in the game. And yet you've just had two really difficult results, not because they perhaps played you off the park for 5-1, but that the, the, the team capitulated in terms of gave up or were just lacking um, energy and the opponents sort of stepped it up or were able to continue it. I don't think they deserved those necessarily high scoring games, but it's what ended up. Well, this was a result where whether the adrenaline just completely took over and got them over that that that, that last 20 minutes um but it was just the 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 uh, the intensity the the desire that it was genuine belief that they thought they could get back into this uh, you know with an equalizer if not for a win but it, it it's it was heartbreaking to see them get so close and yes seeing that the, the the relief on the Denmark players i just think just says it all um and and it now does make it very difficult for for the welsh team but we still have hope you know um a result against iceland um could do it because it's it'll come down to head to heads um assuming that iceland don't win uh you know th- their other game when they're playing they got denmark yeah because um because we're playing Ge- germany last aren't we so yeah so it'll be well so if we beat iceland and i think it might have to be a minimum of one nil if not two nil and then we go we go ahead then with with the head to heads as long as iceland don't um don't get that result then against denmark um then then we could we could avoid the relegation which is what the, you know what of course what the, 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 that is the only outcome left to this team in this group is to we want to be playing in this top group we want to be playing against the really strong teams we've got to avoid the relegation but iceland are no mugs um you know they they'd only they only lost one nil to denmark recently in their game um which just goes to show um how how difficult uh, a place it is to go iceland um and I, 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 but I still, think, you know, I think it's still in Wales's hands. You know, I still think they've got every opportunity, every possibility um, to stay in this group, um, especially if they can keep, you know, channeling the, the, the spirit and energy that we saw in those last 25 minutes.
1: Well, Jamie, company are improving, but you don't need to be an expert to see that at times they have been way off the level, really needed to survive in this league. And if we do manage to stay, it will be by the skin of our teeth. Do you actually think the relegation from this league would be better for Cymru? Or do you think really we should be staying here because that gives us the level of experience that we need to get better and play at this level? Uh,
0: I'm I'm never going to say that, that relegation is, is a good thing. Um, for, for, you know, for anybody. Um, I get I get your point though. Um, I, I was just chuckling to myself there because I, I I love how glass half full uh, does is when it comes to all things Wales. Um, <laughs> it's it's such, such such a positive spin on everything. Um, I feel like I feel like you've like like that meme of um, of of uh, of the guy from The Hangover where he's counting cards in Vegas with all the numbers going ahead. I feel like that's just how you approach when you when you're looking at the Wales fixtures and thinking about well, if we win there, we do this and they do that. It's numbers everywhere. Um, no, I, 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 you, you're right. I get your point. Um, I, you know, no, I don't think relegation is is or dropping out of this league is a good thing. It wouldn't be a good thing. Um, but I do get your point. I think, you know, it it it, it is highlighting the the, the kind of um, it's it's highlighting the gulf, isn't it, in in, in quality, which is no other way of sugarcoating it. Although you know you do have to be fair and say that, that it was you know better against Denmark. You know we all predicted heavy heavy loss, didn't we? And and it was for it to only be a a, a, a two one. Um, I I I I don't know to be honest. I I, I don't know. I get I get your point about dropping whether dropping down and, and and then being in and amongst more, um, likewise kind of level opponent would be more beneficial. But you know you're going to get more out of 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 playing better teams and better quality opposition. Um. I, it, at international level, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the you know the the, the squad and the players and the teams that, that you put out each time uh, can 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 fluctuate and vary. But um, yeah, I I I I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'd like to see them stay where they are. To be fair, but I
2: also there's um it's in comparison. The good there's a good question is the, is the fact that I spoke to quite a few Cardiff City fans when when they got relegated from the Premiership back to the Championship, and a lot of them just said. Oh, I just prefer it here because we get to see our team win more, and it's more enjoyable when your team's winning. Uh, and and they just had no fun in the Premier League, certainly their last, their most you know recent visit. But it 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 you're right. I would rather see the team lose and but but give spirited performances against stronger teams than than comfortably win teams again in games that perhaps they were always meant to win.
0: It's it's a really interesting thing that you say there, and and it's a whole other mass debate. But um. You know, I I might be one of the only ones that possibly doesn't want to see or doesn't necessarily want to see Wrexham get to the Premier League, because I I I'd be overjoyed for us to get to like Championship kind of level. But I, I just I, I look at the Premier League and I think it's such a golf it's such a such a golf forward. I I, I don't know because you don't know how the story's going to unfold here, But I totally get what the Cardiff fans are saying when they say that it's. It's, it's it's like Sheffield United and Luton this year isn't it you know they're they're, they're getting battered and y- you feel for them because I mean we we know firsthand how uh, decent Sheffield United are because we played them twice last year and, and as much as I'm there's a there's a there's a little part of me that's uh, actually pissing myself seeing what they're going through <laughs> at the moment um you know it, it highlights doesn't it how big of a how big of a gig of a gap there is between that championship and and, and the Premier League and and, yeah it doesn't surprise me if you've got friends Cardiff friends who who, who say that they prefer it I understand where they're coming from to to be honest.
1: Well Daz let's look at the positives a few years ago Cymru wouldn't have stood a chance against teams like Denmark the fact that on Tuesday we went toe-to-toe with Denmark and nearly pulled off a draw that's got to be promising for the future isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely, and not forgetting, as you mentioned, you know, we had two major players in in Carrie Holland and uh, uh, H- Hannah Kane. Um, Hannah Kane, thank you, um, who were you know injured, you know, and and luckily the um, the injuries aren't too bad either. I think Kerry Holland uh, limped off on crutches and stuff, but she's had a scan to say that um, it looks like it's a not so significant an injury. So and
1: Rachel so, Rowe didn't travel either.
2: No, exactly. Uh, she was uh, Rangers, isn't she? And so, um, yeah. And and, uh, and so you've got some serious first name team players there, not in the squad. And yet we get one of our strongest results. So there, there's there, that shows that, that there is that potential. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think if we can keep that positive element of the fact that, you know, a, a strong team, we held them and actually pushed them. Um, We did it with youngsters, we did it with a good blend of youngsters and some of the the more seasoned veterans in that team. I mean, you know, the the back three of that five were still, you know, some of the the, the most, uh, you know, capped members of the Welsh team still. If you think of, uh, you know, Hayley Ladd or um, uh, Gemma Evans or Rihanna Roberts, you know, it's just there there was some serious, you know, uh, quality in terms of experience there. Um, but I still think that there's a lot to get excited about about the younger players, um, and and you know the likes of Kerry Holland who's only 25, you know, so she's got a huge career ahead of her, um, and 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 Hannah Kane being 24, you it, know, it's it's I, I I think you're right, I think there's a lot to be positive about, and I think if we can stay in this group then then you know who knows who the other teams will get in the next you know the next draw Um, but qualification is still the one thing that we need to make sure we're working towards Um, and and if we're going to beat these teams in the rounds qualifying rounds we need to have been practiced against these quality teams Um, and 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 a tournament like this is the best way to do it
1: Now on the Eat More Chips pod, it's time for today's newspaper, tomorrow's chip paper, where we look at the news this week around Wales and Wrexham AFC football. First up, Wrexham have announced the current updates on injured players, leading with Stephen Fletcher, who's had a knee operation and will be out probably until next year. This adds to the current list of Owen O'Connell, Ryan Barnett, Jordan Tunnicliffe, Aaron Hayden and Rob Layton. Jamie, are you concerned with losing players like this, these at this time of the season?
0: Um, oh, concern—that's a word I've not really thought of. Oh, I am now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um no, oh, I mean Stephen Fletcher's th- is a big
1: loss, isn't he? Because he has come on and made a difference to a number of matches. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think you know th- this week has been a bad week on the injury front. Obviously, O'Connell and Barney were already out, but the news has been confirmed, doesn't it, this week that they're both out for the to the tune of like eight weeks. Or well, at least that's what Parky is saying now. He's done this before, where he said such and such is going to be out for X number of weeks, and then, you know, miraculously they're back after two or three. But, you know, let's take it on face value. To lose both of those, because I mean, you know, but B- Barney is something very different in our squad, um, and has really, really stepped up in, in from National League to, to League Two. Uh, obviously, we missed him because of his suspension. As soon as he came back in, he started making uh, impact again. So. Um, him being out for eight weeks if it is is, 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 a, is a massive blow particularly given the fact that Ford as well who's, who's, who, who is like our second you know, right wing back is, is, is having his own injury problems and can't seem to stay fit as well as obviously the problem oh, not problem. size the wrong word but the the, um, the the things he's having to deal with in his personal life which we know from the documentary and stuff which you know will still be rumbling on um, O'Connell had, had been playing very, very well. I mean, you know, obviously he came in for Toza and, 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 I, and I thought looked very assured and was really staking his claim in, in the team. So from, to lose him again for eight weeks is, is a disaster. You know, Hayden, again, we we, we, were, we were led to believe a couple of weeks ago he was out with a sickness bug. But again, that's that's come out that he's got a hamstring problem, but supposedly is very near to being back. But as good news as that is, he, he just seems to be made of glass, you know. he He... he, he he gets back from one injury and then he's out with another one. So I, I, as much as it'd be great to have him back, there's part of me that, that, that worried every time he goes towards a ball, um, you know, and then, and then yeah, Fletcher, the news of Fletcher, obviously broke today, didn't it, Um, or yesterday, whenever it was, and he's obviously, he's, he's had his off now. Um, yeah, that, that, that is a blow because, um, he he has made a significant impact, off, certainly off the bench, um, and, and and has added a real touch of quality to, to 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 the squad and to the certainly to the to the forward line. Um, I think it, it it's a bloody good job. You know we've gone on and on about how deep our squad is and how good our squad depth is and how you know ridiculously uh, you know ridiculous the squad is for for this level and and it's a good job we have got the squad we have. Because um, if we didn't, it, we we'd really be struggling. Um, but w- what I think it, what I think these injuries do do now is is throw a real uh, real air of intrigue as to what's going to happen in January because January is not far away, um, and it'll be really interesting to see what, what Wrexham Rexham do in, in the transfer market.
2: But what you don't want also is your players like Mullen getting yellow cards because when you've got injuries, you don't want to be losing your best players to suspensions, which it looks like he's going to have to do now.
0: Well, the next, well, the next, the next game, the next league game is is a week on Saturday at home to Gillingham, isn't it? And for that, we're going to be without Mullen and uh, McLean because they're both out suspended, having picked up five yellow cards. Right.
1: Lee and Palmer are still on four I think as well aren't
0: they? Yeah Lee Lee, Lee and Palmer are still on four and then on top of that you've got all those injuries that we've just mentioned as well and in between that we've got two games to play against Mansfield and Port Vale so uh, yeah I reckon if uh, I reckon if us three get our boots and go to the race course we've got a chance of getting a game (laughs) Well maybe not you Simon (laughs) (laughs) You got that in You got that in
1: Cymru Under-19's women were in action taking on England and Greece in a mini-tournament in Group A2. Cymru took an early lead versus England with Rebecca Guy scoring to put Cymru 1-0 up. However, England took control and the game ended Cymru 1, England 6. Cymru versus Greece was also a heavy defeat of 3-0, leaving Cymru at the bottom of the group and out of qualification, relegated to League B, Pot A, alongside Northern Ireland, Scotland, Turkey, Montenegro, and the Faroe Islands. There's three heavy defeats there for the under-19s women. Bottom of the pile, no points. Are you surprised by the manner of these results?
2: Um, no, I think there's a part of me that that, that that would understand how those results happened in the sense that they are some decent teams who have got some form, who, on, on paper, you'd imagine the England teams being stronger. Um, I mean... The, the the manner in which they did it. No, I I don't think so. I, it's it's a tough one. It's they're, they're tough, and and that's what happens when you're in that top league. We've just been talking about it with the with the the senior women. Um, if you are playing the top teams, then those those big heavy results are, are potentially um, you know a risk, uh, as a sort of an outcome that's potentially going to happen but no I'm not surprised and uh, it would have been a good experience for them as young players learning their craft um, playing in some big Big games, big defeats like this is part of the lessons, I think. So uh, hopefully everybody learns from this and better prepared for the next round of qualification.
1: Wrexham AFC youth exited the FA Youth Cup following a narrow 3-2 defeat in extra time on the road against Morecambe in the first round proper of the competition. A goal by James Rainbird opened the scoring in the 20th minute before Morecambe responded in the 59th minute through Nathan Mercer to level the scores. Saul Fox Akande scored Morecambe's second goal after 72 minutes, but a last gasp 100th minute equaliser from Anthony Connolly sent the game into extra time. Wrexham battled hard in extra time, but a late goal from Max Holden won the tie for Morecambe. Jamie, although not the result that was hoped for, a great performance from Wrexham Youth to take on an established EFL youth academy such as Morecambe and run them really, really close.
0: Yeah, I was trying to follow... Um, to kind of follow the the, the the written commentary of you know of, of the game as best I could um, and, and like you say a, a, against uh, a really good um, a really good opposition we you know more than held our own and, and, and like say pushed them right 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 to the brink um it, it sounded like it you know it, it was a it was a very wrecksome game wasn't it you know we, we you know you score right we'll score and, you know we'll have a go um yeah. Okay. It's disappointing that we've lost, but I think it's one of those games that, that by the sounds of it, from what I kind of read about it, I think it might, you know, it might be a, in a in a bit of a twisted way, it might actually be a good a good thing for the players to to have, to go through that kind of game and 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 result because I think it'll give them something to build on and it'll, it'll give them something to, to you know to work on moving forward. Wrexham AFC have announced a three-season partnership
1: with M&S Wrexham. Marks and Spencers are one of the UK's premium retailers providing high quality food and clothing in the commercial market. Wrexham AFC have said with a new M&S food opening in Wrexham on the 1st of December we look forward to creating a partnership with a company who share our broader goals for the community and make a positive difference together. So everyone at the club will now get posh underwear and some good party grub, plus those eagle-eyed on the latest national Christmas adverts from MS, one of the often-season highlights, may notice some Wrexham swag and some very familiar voices. Daz, good move from the club this to get a signature UK sponsor on board?
2: Well, I think it's it's interesting that the sponsor is is a local company. After all, the big names that have been brought in recently with uh, with uh, certain. Drinks manufacturers and uh, airlines that we'll never use, and uh, you know, the, I think it's important that you've got you know um, uh, uh, a whole load of you know good quality food and a trailer company to take it home for you. So uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I do think there's something really special about at least keeping some sort of. Uh, regionality to some of that because it is important it needs to be recognizable and i do think uh they, they they shouldn't forget where where they are in the grand scheme of things so no nice touch i think and yes i've seen the advert thank you very much that was uh, that was uh, a, a very uh uh surprising sort of addition i had i'd of that in the pipeline um, i wasn't really paying attention so it was quite it was quite amusing to watch that advert so uh yeah no nice touch i think but uh, no important to keep it fairly local
1: and Jamie Percy pigs in the Brexham Lager stand. Do you think we're going to see that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I all I'm thinking is I think Percy pigs will make, uh, will make a great little, uh, like almost like stones that we can throw at the Notts County fans when they come to the racecourse. <laughs> it's, uh, no, uh, no, like it's, it's another like like that as it's it's um, it's being um, it's being uh, um, connected to, to the local M and uh, you know that that's opening up, isn't it? Which is great, but obviously it's such a big name, and and the fact that, that you know Rob and Ryan and, and the Rex and Touches are featuring in 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 the, in the latest national advert, I mean, apart from boiling the piss of every fan up and down the country, even more, <laughs> um, it's it's another huge brand, isn't it, to be to be uh, associated with? I mean, whether it's going to mean that they're, they're going to have any, where are they going to put the name? There's no, there's no room left on the kit. Hey, listen, you've seen MotoGP motorbike riders, haven't you? That's what our Exum kit's gonna look like soon. We're just gonna have sponsors everywhere, big yeah. hats. Just, yeah, players big, have to yeah, wear big so.
1: hats with M and S all over them in right lights. Yeah.
0: Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm down for a, a posh uh, prawn sandwich uh, at the kiosk. Um, I just. Uh, I just think we need more kiosks and more people, then uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go for it. I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and nail a a call in the caterpillar at half time, no problem. <laughs>
1: Only three servings tonight in the chip shop, so we'll switch on the fryer and use only stale rolls for the chip butties. Daz and Jamie are ready to add their special ingredient to the batter. Stop it, boys. So first into the fryer, it's Mansfield Town. Wrexham have already met Mansfield Town this season in the league at Field Mill, the game ending in a 0-0 draw. This time the two teams meet in the FA Cup first round proper. The FA Cup is the EFL's premier cup competition and it's in its 133rd year this year and it holds a special place in the football calendar with all football teams dreaming of knocking out a team way above them in the football pyramid. The competition started on the 5th of August this year with 640 teams entering the competition where any team, amateur or professional, can enter. By the first round proper, only 16 of those teams remain to add to the 48 teams from the EFL Leagues 1 and 2. Wrexham have a long history of success in the FA Cup, reaching the quarterfinals in 1996 97, knocking out Colwyn Bay, although that took a replay, Scunthorpe United, which also took a replay, West Ham United, which also took a replay, Peterborough United, and Birmingham City, only to eventually get knocked out in the quarterfinals by of all sides. Chesterfield. The aim of all lower league sides is to get as far as the third round, where the Premiership and Championship sides enter the competition, which can give clubs a big payday in potential TV and gate receipts. Last year, Wrexham did very well in this competition, knocking out Blythe Spartans after a replay, Oldham Athletic, Farnborough and Coventry City to reach the fourth round, losing to Sheffield only after a replay. This year's first round game is a late 7.45 GMT kickoff and can be seen for free on S.P.E.D.R.E.C. in the UK and ESPN Plus in the US. And the chips are done. Daz, we all have fond memories uh, and not so fond memories, of course, of the FA Cup through the years. How important a competition is this?
2: important in terms of legacy there's none none like it it's the oldest it's the it's the greatest it's the most romantic it's the most frustrating it's the most glorious of tournaments ever and and i think you know nothing can you know can you can take away from that um importance in terms of it's timing for you guys or teams at this stage of the season is a tricky one because it does require Uh, a strength in depth in your team it does require fitness it does require if you want to take it seriously additional games in an already packed season but as i've often said you know i do like cup games where it allows you to maintain momentum winning games is is all part of that winning spirit i just i i I just think it's great having cup games in the middle of a run especially if you do get a decent run uh the fact that you've been drawn up against a, a you know a reasonably Close, um, uh, you know, competitor in your own division, and a team that you've already had a close game with already um, is not uh, not to be taken lightly, and uh, and they'll be thinking the same thing. So I do think that that at this stage, clubs like Wrexham and Mansfield. Will be looking at this tournament with with the vision of it's it's a game it's a tournament that they can you know hopefully go far in.
1: Jamie, we've had some great memories through the years of Wrexham victories in the cup. Uh, any, what are your favourites that come to your mind?
0: Oh Jesus, um, I mean the obvious one is, is you know everyone will go to to Arsenal, won't they? Um, I think you've got Arsenal. I think the one for me that that sticks in my mind or is my fondest sort of FA Cup. Memory is uh, Middlesbrough. Um, I just I, I, I remember that game. I remember uh, being on the cop. I remember heading the ball when it came into the cop uh, and nearly taking my head off my shoulders. Um, it was just you know that borough side that, that we played was you know there was at the time there was there was it was littered with with household names. Um, and it was, it was, it was such a, it was such a great performance. If I remember, I think it was Darren Gibson and um, uh, Fergie, didn't they, scored the goals. Mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, it was a game that we had no right to win like the Arsenal game, you know, um, it was a game we had no right to win, but, but, you know, we, 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 we did and they quit it. And, and yes, you're right. I mean, it's, the 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 memories that the and the the memories and the history that we've got in the FA Cup over the years is is it's special, isn't it? And like like does said before, it's it is the oldest, the best. Um, the, you know, there'll never be anything like no, no matter how big your Champions Leagues gets and your World Cups and European Championships and all this jazz. There'll be nothing ever quite like the FA Cup and and the, the magic of it.
1: The West Ham game I always remember that remember because it snowed really badly and. They use the orange ball, and there is no way that game will be played today—not in a million years.
0: I remember going to that game as well because they literally, uh, they they literally just just uh, shoveled out the lines. And um, so the, the lines for the areas and the, the centre circle and left big, big patches of snow still on the grass. Like you say, it would never be played in a million years now. Harry
1: Redknapp was furious, wasn't he? I remember seeing his post-match interview and he was he was absolutely livid saying there's no way this game should have been played. So that was just quite funny. Daz, Mansfield just had their long unbeaten run ended in the EFL Trophy, but only by playing uh, League One side Port Vale. We held them to a draw last month. Do any of these results mean anything, or, as it is often said, the magic of the cup means anything is possible?
2: Oh, anything is impossible. It, it, it's 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 the beauty of having to play games where. Uh when you're in a league, you're often protecting a lead or you're protecting a draw, you're protecting an outcome in a very different way than when you're in the cup. There's something about going for the win because what I, it doesn't matter if you lose 5-0 or 1-0, you're out of the cup. And so it generates a very, very, very different feel. Um, but uh, no, the, the magic of the cup, I mean, I... I, I it's it is something special i don't think we can really read into too much i think it's on the day i mean the fact that it's it's at mansfield um could play slightly into their favor um they've yes a run of wins been you know stopped but you know but uh rexamara yeah they, they they're doing well no haven't really you know lost gate you know what is it now eight without defeat or something like that um you know so you know you got Two teams that have been over the several weeks, both performing very well. So, I, I think uh, uh, this could uh, yeah prove to be quite an entertaining game.
1: Jamie, as we mentioned earlier, injuries are hitting us hard at the moment. Do you still think we have enough depth to make it in this contest and um, make this game particularly a contest? I are you, are you Are you thinking actually we might see some serious changes on on Saturday?
0: Um, yeah, I, I I would expect. Uh, I would expect changes, but just just. Because we've got to manage, like like we've talked about the injuries and, and um, well, particularly the injuries. Obviously, the suspensions don't really apply to, to, to this game. Um, but yeah, I would expect to see some changes. I I think it it's a real diff- it's a really difficult one to predict this this I think because although you know on, on paper you've got Mansfield they're at home they're they're unbeaten in the league very good side as we know from re- recently playing them. Um, but you, I, I fully expect that they're going to make changes as well because for them the league will be their priority. So, you know, I don't know what kind of depth they've got in their squad. So if they end up changing uh, a few players, um, then then you you could end up with quite a quite an even game. And it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if you end up with a bloody you know a, a, quite a high scoring game and it going one way or the other. The big thing for me is that it, it there's a winner. I don't want to draw because for us i just think a draw does does us and, and them it does nobody any any favours does it you, you know i i am kind of of an opinion that yes i love the FA cup and i loved last year's FA cup run um is it you know are you likely you're not going to get that every season so so f- for me if we if we can go there and we can beat them and we can get through happy days but there's also part of me that thinks that if we go there and we we lose the game i won't be too Devastated to be honest with you. Let's, you know, sit, sit, sit this year's FA Cup out and, and let's concentrate on the league.
1: So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce cork. Jamie, what's your prediction for Mansfield
0: Town versus Wrexham? <sighs> um, I'm going to say I'm going to say that I think there'll be change. Like I said, I think there'll be changes on both teams, but I think we still have good depth and I think we'll. We'll have a we'll have a much stronger side on Saturday playing than we will against Port Vale because I think I think Mullin will play because he's suspended against Gillingham, I think McLean will play because he's suspended against Gillingham. So I think there'll be more first team players, or you know more regular first team players playing in this game. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna, for once I'm gonna let my heart rule my head and I'm gonna say. 2-1
1: Wrexham 1. Daz, what's your prediction for Mansfield Town versus Wrexham?
2: I'm going for uh Mansfield Town 0 Wrexham 1.
1: And I'm predicting Mansfield Town Nil Wrexham 1. I think this will be close. Mansfield don't score many, and Wrexham will be buoyed by recent results. I think Wrexham will nick it, but it could go either way. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's Cardiff Met Women. (laughs) Cardiff Met Women FC are a team run by Cardiff Metropolitan University. Originally called UIC Ladies, they were founder members of the Welsh Premier Women's League in 2009, playing in the Southern Conference, coming second in that division. They are one of the most successful women's teams in Wales, having won the Adran Premier six times, including beating Wrexham Ladies in the final in 2012, the FAW Women's Cup three times winners, runners-up twice, and the Adran Trophy three times winners. Last year, Cardiff Met finished third in the league with nine wins, two draws, and nine losses, a goal difference of minus five and twenty-nine points. This year, they are currently fifth with two wins, two draws, and two losses, a goal difference of minus one and eight points. Their last five league results: a four-all draw at home to TNS, a three-one win at home to Swansea City, a one-all draw at home to Aberystwyth Town, a four-two loss away at Barry Town, and a one-nil win at home to Pontypridd United. Wrexham and Cardiff Met's last meetings were nearly 10 years ago in 2014, where Cardiff Met beat Wrexham 5-0 at home and 3-1 away. And the chips are done. Daz, Cardiff Met are erratic at the moment, beating Swansea but losing to Barry. Why do you think this is?
2: Uh, that's that's a tricky one. I don't know. The, the uh... It's it's they are unpredictable it's it and I can't work it out you know whether it's um, their the youthful exuberance and it means they just give it their all and sometimes it pays sometimes it doesn't I I, I couldn't tell you really because they have been the full-on Jekyll and Hyde I, I mean it was such a surprise for them to lose but you know, to concede four goals against Barry and Barry hadn't been able to, to really get any sustained amount of goal scoring, uh, numbers. Um, and, and, and yet, like you said the the Swansea result is still going to be one of the bigger ones that that's that's the only reason why Swansea are are just off the pace of Cardiff um when you look at their their numbers so I I couldn't tell you why the inconsistence is just they they are just so erratic but um they they they've had draws they've had losses they you know it's 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 all over the place and 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 that there's no obvious pattern so I'm I'm struggling
1: Jamie, apart from the Cardiff game, Wrexham have played really well so far this season against some really difficult teams. Cardiff met are the last of new teams Wrexham meet in this league. Do you see any reason why this trend for Wrexham should shouldn't continue? Uh,
0: no, I you know I think we we've, we've got to go into the game confident. Um, I, I, you know I, I think if you look at where 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 we are in the league and the results we've had so far, you say the only the only sort of uh, block this season has been against Cardiff City, um, but they, you know, they they look looked and look a phenomenal team. So I think you know I think we've made uh, we've we, we've we've I think you, you they'd have snapped your hand off if you'd have said after six games you'd be sat third, five points ahead of, of fourth place. Um, so you know I, I I don't see any reason why we shouldn't go into this game, particularly given. I think you've got to be respectful of Cardiff met because as they've proven proven they they, they on the day they have got a good performance in them because they have beat Swansea but as you pointed out they're very erratic and and you know also on their day they are there for the taking so you know, I just think we concentrate you know go go, go into the game with our with our own game plan, concentrating on our own game and our own strengths, and, and hopefully that'll be enough to to get the win.
1: Daz, if Wrexham do manage to beat Cardiff Met on Sunday, do you think Wrexham can make the top four in this league and and stay there?
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt. No, I'm thinking if you can win, please, and Aberystwyth get a result <laughs> against the New Saints, then then there's a bit of a gap between you know Aberystwyth and the and the and the the others in 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 both Cardiff Met and the New Saints. So. I, I'm rooting for the team big time. So, <laughs> um, But no, I, I think Wrexham's uh, place in the top four is safe. I, I just, I, I I think you've shown the level of consistency, the games, the performances that you've done already. I, I don't think there's any doubt that you're going to be contending. And it's those big games against Swansea and Cardiff now, next time around. Um, like you said, this is the first time, this is the last of the first... You know, this is halfway through the first half of season, which is a bit confusing for some, but uh, before the split, so it's it's a it's a good indicator to see where you're at halfway through before that breakaway. And I I think if you if you can be, um, at you know five points ahead uh, of 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 fourth place, then um, at that point, then I think uh, you should be absolutely optimistic.
1: So time for the salt vinegar and sauce koch. Daz, what's your score prediction for Cardiff Met Women FC versus Wrexham AFC Women?
2: With uh, all my hopes pinned on an absolute Wrexham win for the benefit of Aberystwyth Town, I am going to say Cardiff Met 1, Wrexham 3. Jamie, what's
1: your score prediction for Cardiff Met Women FC versus Wrexham AFC Women?
0: Mm, I was going to say 3-1 as well. Um, Okay, I'll, I'll go for... Cardiff Met 1, Wrexham
1: 2. And I'm predicting Cardiff Met Women FC 1, Wrexham AFC Women 4. Wrexham have played consistently and have a lot of attacking force up front. Cardiff Met blow far too hot and cold for my liking. And hopefully they'll be very cold on Sunday. Or this result could be very different. So let's wrap the chips up to keep them warm. And finally into the fryer goes Port Vale. Wrexham meet Port Vale in the third round-robin game in the group stages of the EFL Trophy. Rearranged a week earlier from the original fixture date, both Wrexham and Port Vale have already qualified for the knockout stages and this game is for pride to see who comes top of the group. Port Vale FC are one of those pub quiz questions, namely, professional football league teams not named after a place. Port Vale are the only one, based in Stoke-on-Trent. Currently a league above Wrexham, Port Vale have won the EFL Trophy twice, before in 1993 and 2001. Their results so far in the trophy, they beat Crewe 1-0 and drew 1-0 with Newcastle United under-21s, winning the tie on penalties. Port Vale are currently second in the EFL Trophy group, with Wrexham being first, 16th in League 1 and still in the last eight of the EFL League Cup. And the chips are done. Jamie, interesting one, this. No panic, no real result needed, playing for pride.
0: What kind of a game are you expecting? Uh, ooh, hang on, me crystal balls in the cleaners. Um, <laughs> hmm. What well, I'm looking at, I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of, kind of game it's going to be. What what I will say is, is I'm expecting a very, very changed Wrexham team. Um, you know, I think kind of following on from what I said about the Mansfield game. I think, um, like like you've already said, th- th- there's nothing riding on the game other than pride of to finishing top of the, the of the little group, which is neither in or there. We're already through, so given the injury situation that that, that we've got at the minute, I can't believe that he would risk, um, uh, you know, a- a- any of any or very few of the the kind of first team players so I would fully expect to see even the likes of uh, waters hosanna McFadden, the players that weren't even registered for the league squad as well as youth players um I'd be I'd be very shocked if there were more than two or three um like regular first team players uh, and i I would imagine port Vale will go into it with the same game in the same way because for them, they're not going to want to risk injury or anything else. It's, it's not like they need to win the game. It's not so. You know, in some ways, it could end up being a crap game, depending on the play, the teams that are on the, the pitch. But in, in in another way, it could end up being a really good game because you may end up, you may you may end up with two sets of players who are just just you know trying to impress or trying to make a mark or or, or, or whatever. So. Yeah, I haven't got a clue what kind of a game to expect. Uh, I'm, I'm sure gutted that I can't go really, because again, for me, uh, any opportunity to go and watch Wrexham play whoever's playing is is a one. But I'm, I'm away for a couple of days next week, so I, I can't uh, I can't watch it unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting one. Daz,
1: Port Vale are a well-established side, and as we said earlier, they've just stopped Mansfield on beaten streak.
2: Do you think Wrexham can beat them? At the Kyras? Yeah, I think Wrexham at the Kyras is is one of those teams that anyone's going to find difficult to beat. So, uh, I think what goes in Wrexham's favour is Port Vale aren't really setting League One a uh, a light either. You said sixteenth, well that's and that's with a series of you know not so good results against a range of teams that you know that you would imagine that they should be doing better against. So, uh, they're not they're not all flying in the way that that you know yes i appreciate they beat mansfield and and that was in the in the in the league cup and one of the last remaining teams now i think of the lower divisions i think um in that in that tournament so there's going to be some confidence there but i i just I think if there's nothing to uh, play for, um, then I think they'll too be keeping an eye on, on all their other games they've got coming up. Um, question for you, if this ends up as a draw, does it go to pens? Yes. Because obviously it's the same format as all the other games. It's just Yeah,
1: it's exactly the same. So it goes to pens and then there's a weird points thing that you get so many points for drawing and then you get so many more points if you manage to win the penalty shootout. But it doesn't mean anything because the two, the, the, two the two top teams go into a draw. So...
0: Makes any oh, so just right. I was just going to say, is is, is there any significance to finishing top or something? Because sometimes when you have these these group games, there's a benefit to finishing top, isn't there? Seedings and stuff.
1: Mm. Not that I'm not that I'm aware. Of. As far as I'm aware, it's just a uh, straight in balls out the bag. whoever you get is whoever you get.
0: <laughs> balls out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, from 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 what I hear, you had the balls out of the bag this this week, didn't you? I don't know if you know about this, Taz <laughs> Uh, there was there was re- there was reports of of a, of a, of a, of a fat man um, exposing himself around Wrexham Town Centre.
1: I wasn't exposing myself. I was covered up. And um, what happened, does, is I took my son to swimming in <laughs> <at> Wrexham Water World, <laughs> and I forgot to take anything to change into. So when I went in, in my shorts, swam in my shorts, and then got out and realised I'd not brought any trousers with me. So rather than wear sopping wet shorts. I walked out in my Star Wars
2: pants,
1: (laughs) Uh, which got me funny looks, I have to be honest. Uh, and funny looks when I walked back into the hotel as well. So, yeah, so thanks for that, Jamie. Cheers.
2: Because um, <laughs> no, nobody's seen a, a pair of Danish pastries on the side of the, of Leia's no, exactly. head whilst, whilst they're on your, on your shorts. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. Jamie, Paul Mullin and James McLean can still feature as their one match ban is league only. You've intimated it earlier. Who else are you expecting to see? I mean, Howard in gold, you
0: think? Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure. You'll see Howard on Tuesday, I think. It wouldn't surprise me if Howard gets a game against Mansfield, to be honest. Um, And on Tuesday, possibly McNicholas. Um, I I mean, if you think back to the crew team that that he played, you had... Uh, Aaron James, p- players like this. Uh, Aaron James, even uh, you know the likes of Owen Cushion, the really young lads. Uh, I might get was run, out, wasn't but, he? I mean, it was. Yeah. You know, the the thing is now, though, you see with the injury to Fletcher, you know, Bickerstaff's he comes right back into the mix again, doesn't he? So I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure I can see him being re- re- on on against Port Vale. I I, I would expect. Uh, I would expect Waters to get a game if he's fit. Um, you, you, you know it, it, the likes of McAlinden, people like that. I mean, he, you know, it'll be someone like that that'll become the senior players for the night. I think it'll be you, know, you're like say your Lindens, and uh, I mean, who else is there? Clueth Maybe I can see Clueth maybe getting a run out. But again, with the current injury problems we've got in defence, he, he he might now be a little bit more one you need to you you need to put in wrap up in cotton wool. Ultimately, whoever he plays against Port Vale, you should be not really putting. Any players, uh, uh, any risk that, or you know, any players that you think you might need to rely on in the league in the coming weeks uh, at risk for me. So, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a very, very unusual Wrexham team.
1: So, time for the salt vinegar and sauce cork. Jamie, what's your prediction for Wrexham versus Port Vale?
0: <sighs> I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say. Uh, two
1: to draw. Daz, what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Port Vale?
2: I think uh, oh, I've got two results. Um, I'm going to go for Wrexham two Port Vale one.
1: And I'm predicting Wrexham two Port Vale one. It's a bit of a nothing match, but a good test against higher opposition for Wrexham. Port Vale will stretch their squad and give their fringe players a run out. Which I think gives us a chance. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm, and we'll be reviewing all these games in next week's pod. <inaudible> if you were listening to the COVID inquiry at the moment, there'd be far more <inaudible> 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 pig, <inaudible> and plus the name Boris Johnson. But it's not. You've actually been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast, one of the greatest Welsh supporters' flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. If You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at Tweet Threads, search Eat More Chips Podcast, or drop us an email, Podcast or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, eatmorechipspodcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so. And if you have anything in particular you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to drop us a line. Two people I wouldn't use those words to describe are my two cohorts. So, as usual, thank you, Jamie. Pleasure, as always. And Dioch Daz.
2: Yep, just off to that work event now, so don't worry.
0: I thought you were going to call him Dion Daz then.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'm Welsh Techie, normally described as a <laughs> And until next time... <laughs> what? <laughs> come on, Cymru. And come on the town. <laughs>